My next guest, what can I say about him? He's on this show all the time. He's brilliant. He really is. Whether we're talking about China, Russia, North Korea, there's nobody better. Fox News all the time. Sid Rosenberg shows all the time. Follow him, Gordon G. Chang, on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follower. Here he is, uh, my friend Gordon Chang. And let me start with a happy Lunar New Year. Gordon, how are you, pal? I'm fine, Sid, and a happy year of the rabbit to you. Yes, it is uh, the year of the rabbit. And, you know, I was a little confused. I was talking to the assemblyman Kim earlier, and I wasn't sure if every Asian person celebrated this. I've got friends who are Thai. I've got friends who are Chinese, Japanese. And he said it's basically Eastern Asia that celebrates this, predominantly the Chinese people. What is, uh, do you celebrate this holiday? What is the, how, did, how, how many people in Asia actually do celebrate it? Yeah, I think most people do celebrate it. Um, And we celebrated it by going up to Lydia's parents in Toronto, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate. So (laughs) that's the year of the rabbit. Yeah, that seems to be the thing. Uh, Ron Kim did the same thing. Him and his family uh, all ate. And I I was saying to Ron, I go, you know, know, man, the, the Asian community under attack in this city and then we see what happened uh, in California over the weekend. Not one, but two different shootings at three different locations. Both Chinese men killing their own people. I mean, it has been brutal for the Asian community here in the United States the last year. Yeah, it's been tough. But, you know, um, a lot of um, people say, well, you know, criticism of the Communist Party in China Um, creates Asian-American hate. And that was the narrative that was immediately after the Monterey Park shooting. But, um, you know, people got quiet really fast when they found out that it was someone who was actually Chinese with a Vietnamese name who was the shooter. And so clearly this was not a white guy. This was not fit the narrative of, oh, you know, we criticize the communists. And so therefore, you know, Chinese-Americans in the U.S. get it in the neck. It's like the white supremacy deal. I mean, you know, the anti-Asian, the attacks on the Asians and the Jews here in New York City, predominantly by African-American people. That's not my opinion. That's not. That's a fact. That's a fact. There's no white supremacists walking around beating up Jews and Chinese people here in, uh, in New York City. But yet, like you say, Gordon, sometimes the facts don't fit the narrative and it definitely makes the story a heck of a lot more boring, right? That's right. And, you know, we got to understand, Chinese Americans, that if we support a country that considers the U.S. to be an enemy and communist China does call the U.S. an enemy, then people in America are rightly going to ask, well, who are these Chinese Americans and what are they doing in our country? Yes, they're Americans, but they don't seem to be particularly loyal. And and that is an issue for Chinese Americans. And we have not faced up to that. No, uh, that is true. Well, let's get to the uh, China, the country China. Usually when you come on, you, you talk about what's going on there. Not that far removed, of course, from the protests in the streets. Not long after the president enjoyed his unprecedented third consecutive victory. What's it like these days in uh, Beijing and Shanghai, the whole COVID outbreak? What are things like these days? Well, um, going back to the year of the rabbit, um, there is traveling throughout China, you know, hundreds of millions of trips. Um, and uh, Beijing has estimated that by the time this is over, there's going to be more than a billion separate trips in China. And, and that's because um, people have, you know, with the end of the COVID lockdowns on December 7th, it means that people are free to travel. 
Uh, and so they're doing that. So this is revenge traveling. Um, but we'll see how much this actually spreads the disease, because, of course, they still got the COVID epidemic there, which is now the fastest viral outbreak in history. Probably somewhere between 900 million and a billion new Jeez. infections since wow. the beginning of December. Wow. I have to ask you about Japan, too, because my beautiful wife, Danielle, is heading there in a couple of weeks. Actually, she's an avid marathon runner. She's completed 36 marathons, and they have something, Gordon, called the Avid Trophy. When you complete the six majors, I always forget the cities. It's like Boston, New York, I believe it's Chicago, uh, maybe even London or Paris. Anyway, the last leg to get this award is Tokyo. So she is set to go to Tokyo on February the 27th to run the marathon, but she is scared to death that the last minute, as they've done the last two years, they're going to cancel again because of COVID in Asia. Anything coming out of Japan that she should worry about? Yeah, I, I don't think that the Japanese are going to do that because it seems like um, the government is moving in the opposite direction. Uh, Lydia and I actually were in Tokyo at the beginning of December, and they were still wearing masks outside, but that was coming to an end. So um, COVID has thankfully left Japan behind. Um, it now, the, really, the big outbreak in the world is China. Um, but yeah. Because of the travel from China to Japan, we're going to maybe see um, more infections in the rest of Asia. I was talking to Bill O'Reilly this morning about this whole Russia-Ukraine deal. The president, Biden, now 31 tanks on their way to the Ukrainians. And I'm against all this money and stuff going to them. But Bill explains, look, the long game is, the long game is this Ukraine-Russia engagement will mean the end eventually of Vladimir Putin. Do you agree with that? Um, I hope that's the case. Um, and indeed, we're not going to have peace in the world until Putin is gone. But Putin could still survive this. And we got to remember that Putin can still win the war in Ukraine, because although he's taking massive losses, he's got people to feed into the meat grinder. And Ukraine doesn't have as many. So we've got to be really concerned that long term, this may turn out to be a victory for Putin. You think so? I mean, it's been so embarrassing up to this point. He's lost a ton of military people. He really hasn't gained any real territory. How could he possibly end up victorious? Well, for instance, he could use his nuclear weapons. I mean, tomorrow he could level all of Ukraine um, and there would be nothing left, literally. So um, this is not over. Also, we know that Putin hasn't committed his best troops We know that he's marshalling his assets for another offensive. And yes, he probably will fail for the reasons he's failed before. But this is war, which means anything can happen, Sid. So, you know, I agree with you. I don't think Putin's going to win. But let's remember that there's still a substantial chance that he will. On the way out here, let's uh, check in on our friend uh, Kim Jong-un, rocket man in North Korea. Last we spoke, he was still firing those uh, test missiles, basically wherever and whenever he wants. What's the latest in North Korea? The latest in North Korea is that there isn't very much going on there, at least on the surface, Um, because although there were the firings of the missiles, um, he's been relatively quiet. The issue that people are looking for is the seventh detonation of a nuclear device, and that has not occurred. Um, You know, many people were expecting it the last month or two, It just hasn't happened. So I I don't know what's going on, but um, right now um, that's what we watch day to day. 
Wow. Hey, listen, you're always an, a fascinating guest, so informative and kind, and I love you. Happy Lunar New Year to you and your whole family. Thank you for the contribution you make to my show, this station, and really, uh, people in general. You really are terrific, Gordon Chang. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Sid. And remember, it's the year of the hungry rabbit. <laughs> I remember that when I go for an early lunch this afternoon. The year of the hungry rabbit, according to my dear friend Gordon Chang. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.